Welcome, friends, to the Enduring Gifts of Marvin Gaye podcast. Brought to you by your 26-year listening veteran, Jessica. Join me as we celebrate these enduring gifts, the songs of Marvin Gaye. In each episode, I will share insights about the music and recount life experiences tied to it. I'm hoping to inspire you to take a first or your 500 first listen to these songs that are truly the enduring gifts of Marvin Gaye. Hello, sweethearts. I'm still here. Um, We want to talk on Marvin the next time that we do about the magic of his jazz awakening that's going on in 1964 surrounding his album, When I'm Alone, I Cry. And I've been studying up on just a lot of Marvin Gaye unreleased material around that time frame. I'm so excited to see YouTube got their head out of their ass and they have unblocked the 1962 unreleased song, The Good Has to Suffer with the Bad, that I tried to post nine months ago and it had remained blocked. This whole entire time, I forgot about it. Usually when they block a song on me, I'll delete it right away. But that one, I just was like, I'm not going to take it off. I want to listen to it myself sometime. So I left it on there. (laughs) And one night, I was doing my song of the day for something totally different. But this was fate. Because I don't even know why I did this except for that it was fate. I was on Google and I typed in the good has to suffer with the bad. Now, mind you, I was making my song of the day video for a totally different song. But for some random reason, I just Googled the good has to suffer with the bad. Let me tell you, two results on the Internet came up. And one of them was my fucking video. And I was like, wait a minute, why did that just happen? So then I clicked onto my channel and I looked at the video and all of a sudden they have allowed my video to be seen for you guys. So please, please, oh my gosh, nine months later, you get to hear it along with me freely. Um, It's from 1962. So this is in the time frame from the soulful moods of Marvin Gaye, and I think prior to Stubborn Kind of Fella. You know, what was Marvin doing in that year? It's about almost a year and a half gap. We've talked about it many times. Well, please listen to what he was recording and what he was working on. It is jazz at the purest level. It is jazz of Marvin Gaye. And in this unreleased material that comes up in that meantime, from like 62 to 64, it's a mix of this astonishing jazz, but then also some really rough cuts of Motown sound, you know, that you just kind of feel like they were trying to force on him. And I'm glad they didn't release this shit. It's... Um, so I'm not really making videos of that stuff, but the jazz stuff that I'm coming across just in this little 1962 to 64 time frame, I'm studying on right now in this time that I've had to be quiet because as I 
kind of started out saying the next time that we want to talk to each other again in our little joyful cocoon of Marvin Gaye love and bliss and happiness and unicorns and rainbows and just the joy on demand that he brings to life. We want to be able to be breathing freely most of a day outside of that space. And we're not there right now. And I'm going to just, this won't be a long episode, I, I promise you. But I needed to talk to you. Um, what we are not going to do, okay? What we're not going to do is take these incidents that are happening and the lens that we allow ourselves to cover our eyes to the humanity of the situation is one that focuses on someone's character in an assassination type of way along with the physical assassination that was just attempted or achieved on them. Um, and I'm going to just fall on my sword to you guys right now. Um, and I have absolutely no qualms with doing that. When the George Floyd situation happened, um, as Jacob Blake's sister said in the press conference today, she's numb, you know, and that's what I explained to you guys. That was really, I was numb in the first episode that I recorded on seeing that video. I'm numb. I remember the first time that I think that I just became so numb was it was that year when they shot the guy in Oklahoma and there was the lady, the black lady that used to do the PBS NewsHour report. And I used to watch, that was the one little bit of news. If I ever would watch any little bit of news, no cable, rabbit ears, PBS, everybody gets it. Occasionally, I would tune in for a few minutes to that presentation of news because I really enjoyed the delivery from that older black lady that would be on the PBS NewsHour. And so I didn't really want to hear about that shooting in Oklahoma on the highway where the lady officer shot the man from anybody but her. And I was waiting to kind of get information on it until I could hear it from this black lady. She's unfortunately passed away now. And I, that's, uh, so I watched one time she did, she, they got to the story and she was presenting it and the, you know, the local person, on the ground just kind of pointed out that after he was shot, how long it took for officers to start rendering aid. Is that the term? They, and so this, this black woman just, it, I, it, I, it's the last time I saw her on TV because she passed away very shortly after that. She just said in a way that's just, it's our, it's where we get to. She was just like, yeah, they sure did leave him on the ground for a long time. And that's a horrific fact. And that's an unacceptable f fact. And it's a representation of the people that committed the act. And 
it's a representation of those people's humanity and it's all of that. But we see it so much that we kind of are just like, she was almost kind of like a rope. Yeah, they sure did leave him on the one for a long time, but you know, she was doing her job and I could just, I could see it really did impact her. And then after that, I, like I said, I literally never saw her on that news channel presentation show again until the next thing that they were saying is that she died and that actually right then which literally was the last time that I saw her that she had like stage four cancer at that point in time but she was still showing up to work and so one of the last things on this planet that she was doing her job for was to just speak of these horrific killings that were going on that were not sparking these humongous worldwide protests okay uh they may have gotten like a one-time hit of a riot or something that was local and it didn't really get reported on when i became numb was when i saw the guy in louisiana that was at the gas station or wherever struggling with the police and Two of them on him already had him completely face down on the ground, but he was just still squirming, you know, their full body weights on him. And all he can kind of do is just still give them a little bit of some resistance. And then how somehow in that position that they had him restrained, they felt that he was still able to be possibly reaching for his gun because he had a gun. And but it was holstered. He just was Second Amendment proud and, you know, free. Uh, not, he didn't have the gun drawn. The gun was holstered in his waist. And they somehow, in this controlled position that they had over him, began to freak out that he was somehow overpowering them and making way to his gun to attack them. And so they shot him six, seven times. What it just was boom, boom, boom. And point exactly point like they were right there on him. Boom, 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 boom. Just shot him. And I, who the fuck was recording that too? Because this was so graphic. And this was when I just became numb. Uh, I just, I saw the blood leaking out of his body and the life just draining out of him. And those two motherfuckers just very slowly got up off of him and stood there and watched it. They did not have an instinct to call for a bus. I remember that was the terminology that I used when I spoke to my dad. I tell my dad, you know, what the fuck was that about? I watch what the fuck is that show on CBS? Uh, Blue Bloods. Blue Bloods, right? It's like I watch Blue Bloods. And they're always fucking calling for a bus. Call a bus. Call a bus. Call a bus. An ambulance. Immediately. Somebody gets shot. Some type of... Somebody gets injured. The first thing on this TV show that they are always showing those officers doing is call for a bus. Call for a bus. And that's what I just... I'm sitting here watching this horrific video and at no point do I see them even they're moving in slow motion and it's not even a thought process to them to call a fucking bus. So that's when I became numb. I just became numb. That was too many of these motherfucking things that I had seen and I was numb and I remain numb. But 
I speak on it. Um, when George Floyd happened, I think it's it was too fresh into my numbness. Just it was too new. And immediately information that's getting pumped out is the methan meth i don't even know what methamphetamine and fentanyl whatever the fuck that is right drugs and i fell victim to that i'm falling on my sword to tell you this i fell victim to that for a few minutes and it was like oh just that oh i put on the lens for a few minutes and I allowed it to offer a perspective on a situation of as if entitlement to justify. Entitlement to let go a little bit of connection to it. Entitlement to dissociate is it dissociate or disassociate, whatever the word is, humanity to this situation, the need for humanity to prevail, the need for the lens that you are looking through on these situations to only be that of humanity. What we're not going to do, and so I will tell you what the conversation was. I was, was the first time I was talking to my father about it, and I told him, I was the one telling him, well, you know that they said that the, he had the meth and the fentanyl in them. And my dad was like, no, that's not true. And he's like, he was a good man. And that part right there, now bless my dad's heart. He was 100% resisting allowing any type of other lens to be forced onto his view of the situation. So he was resisting it so hard that even if it was a fact, he was denying it. And his caption was, he was a good man. And that part right there was my lesson. Because I was like, wow, wow. So that's what it takes for us. Me, not my dad. Uh, but you got to be a good man then. Is that when it's something that you're going to give a fuck about? Not until then. Nobody can have a past, right? Nobody can in the moment that their life is taken, be thugging out a little bit, repping for a lifestyle, doing a thing a certain way. They can't, that, that, that is supposed to trump any type of a connection to humanity, humanity that you will insist be the forefront view that there is to see on this situation the only the only important thing that matters is that it was a human being because in any of the situations okay so you were on meth or you were breaking probation for DUI so you were like exceptionally intoxicated on alcohol or you were 
having the nerve to walk away, turn your back on enforcement, right? As a black man in this country, you know, or, you know, and have tattoos and have pants a little low, um, have a wife beater on. What are the thing, what are the characteristics, you know, what you're, you're too stereotype, you're too black. Um, so as long as those things apply, I'm, so I'm supposed to be conditioned in this country to allow those things to trump to, uh, and look at what is the word? That's an interesting word that that word is. That is not a coincidence that the word is Trump. But all of those facets are supposed to trump you being a human being, your life having value. And I'm going to tell you what the fuck put me completely all the way in my place. And I'm going to put it on our baby. Um, his life was lost and he, I'm, I just don't know. Like I said, I have researched. I do not know. I, I don't know if anybody knows enough of when did crack cocaine make its debut in Los Angeles where Marvin Gaye was living because was he doing crack already? He was lost. And like I told you, if it wasn't like legitimately crack, he was freebasing. So he was making his own crack. Freebasing is a step above impurity of the cocaine than crack. So it's more intensive an experience, pretty much. And that's what he was doing. And in kind of a fog of living his life like that. So, okay, yes, supposedly at the exact moment that his life was taken, he wasn't fr- like he hadn't just put the pipe down. But when did he, you know, he was using the pipe and... I absolutely cannot see that situation of Marvin Gaye's life being taken the way that it was as the fact that he was a drug addict and had just had a domestic incident with his father who had been his abuser and neglector and hater for his entire life. So I'm sorry, incidents like that go down. And say, oh, then that's the justification for it. Marvin had gotten to the place where he was just a coke addict, like real, real bad. Then his life had no value. Are you, how dare? So what we're not going to do, and this was, it, this has been my awakening. It's not, it's not my natural instinct. Uh, of course I wasn't as soon as, you know, I got the news on George Floyd. My first thing wasn't like Googling his situation and I needed to get all of the backstory and all of the, the gossip and the horrible stuff on him too. No, they were pumping that out hardcore hand in hand with the video, right? And so it is intended 
to allow you to dissociate some humanity from the situation. And so that's all that I'm saying. I know I've gone in a wordy and roundabout way, but what I'm just saying that our community, and I know you guys, you're listening to these few episodes that I've done the most of this entire series right now. Um, you guys get it even more than I did, but this really put me in an awakening to like humanity is all that matters in this lifetime that we embody our bodies here. Okay. Really in the scheme of things. Yes, we are here for a blink of an eye. I don't give a fuck if you're managing to be 105. It's still a blink of an eye in the scheme of things. And so there's really not an element to our experience here more important than having the ability to just really go by humanity toward one another. And so what I know that my group, my audience right here is not going to do is allow character assassination to be starting to be pumped in to these breaking news reports on this shit and Trump what the fuck the takeaway is okay yeah you know what some of these people that have gotten killed by police were on methamphetamine some of these people that got killed by police were breaking their fucking DUI probation you know some of these people that were killed by police going back had guns on them at the time that they were struggling with police. Some of these people that have been, you know, attempted to be killed by the police had the nerve to be walking away from the police when the police were telling them not to, right? The poor little Elijah McClain got killed by the police because even in his little shy, I seen a question, um, on the internet being asked. And I think it's a fair question. It's like, was he on the spectrum? I've, I've seen that aspect of what his life could have been about posing into this situation now too. And like additional training that these motherfuckers need to receive to know how to uh, deal and interact with people that could be on the spectrum of other type of disabilities or differences, right? So this teeny tiny little framed man is in his little mindset having the nerve to be resistant to being touched, right? And being halted and being stopped because he's listening. Was he listening to his Marvin Gaye? I could see myself walking down the street and oh, he was just in the, the moment of his music, right? So, you know, they have the nerve I think if you would look at each and every one of these black men that have been going down here in 2020, they are examples of men who are not just being restrained. Isn't that it? They're not who was hitting back and, and like becoming like extra violent, right? They're tussling. They're maybe, you know, flexing and not just letting themselves being taken down they're struggling against yeah they're resisting they're resisting for sure mm -hmm. but we've had our conversation on that 
there's a whole show dedicated to watching motherfuckers resist the police. And a lot of the time, they're not black. Okay. And and then the show, the camera just keeps rolling and we get episodes for years on just being able to watch them motherfuckers being taken down. So... Yeah, they've been black men that have been having some type of a nerve to um, not just be suppressed. But that's the extent of it. Not one of these black men that has gotten killed had just killed a cop. Not one of these black men that has gotten killed, you know, was really getting the upper hand on a cop. I'm sorry if one can kick two of y'all's ass, you know. That's a real kind of key little <laughs> caveat that my dad has pointed out, you know, it's just like, take away the badge, motherfucker. And I bet you, you know what I'm saying? That's exactly the fucking reason why you guys are coming with this much aggression. You little fucking punks. And you're scared in your skin. And that is the ones that are that are doing this shit are those type of cops. They're fucking punks. They didn't have a fucking badge. They would be getting their ass beat. And they know that. And but now they get to put on a badge and a gun and look at what they're doing. This is we're seeing it. But what we are not going to do is put a lens on this shit that says, oh, because you were resisting one against two kicking their ass without a weapon. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, we're looking. There's some resisting going on. There's some flexing up going on. There's some... Yeah, I am a man. So it does take four of y'all motherfuckers to get me down on the ground. But then you got me there, and I think you're good now. No, but y'all are pissed off and all adrenaline up that you had to do all of that. And oh, because I'm a black man, I got this super fucking human strength, right? And you're scared in your fucking skin. And if you didn't have me in these handcuffs, I could be kicking the fuck out of your ass. But, you know, the tables are turned right now. You got the badge on, you got the gun, you got the technique. So, yeah, there's no other lens that trumps the humanity and lack of it aspect of what all of this shit is about, okay? I don't give a fuck if you're a, a meth addict and a fentanyl addict and uh, are you starting the first person to be smoking crack cocaine in 1983 for California, Los Angeles, when your dad kills you. There is nothing that trumps the humanity and lack of it in these situations. And there's just not. And so that we're not, that's what we're not going to do. Okay. So until you and I can be able to have an episode where we just get to be kikiing about the magic and the bliss and the unicorns and rainbows of Marvin Gaye's hidden gems from 1964 jazz awakening that he was tapping into. You won't be getting full episodes from me, but I'm here. I'm seeing it. 
And we just all know what we're not going to do. So I love you guys. I know you're taking care of your voter registrations. Seems like what has always just been what I'm able to do is what all of y'all should be able to do. So let's do this. All right. I love you. And I'll talk to you (sighs) (laughs) when I fucking need to. Okay. You can count on that. I love you guys. Bye-bye.